fellas welcome back welcome to the fallen files i'm your host mariana and i'm really glad you're here um fun fact i'm actually re-recording this intro because this episode was supposed to be posted on december 26th around that time around the holidays but i completely forgot <laughs> and so i just want to say i'm back i'm sorry i left you hanging there for a few months um i was really really busy with a lot of things but i'm hoping that i now could be more consistent so like happy new year or whatever i mean it's two weeks past new year's eve um but you know what you gotta do what you gotta do i took a break um because although this is something i really like to do it, it is very time consuming and i had a lot of things you know with college applications and stuff i'll talk about that in another episode but um this case this week's case is actually it would have been very fitting to be posted um around the holidays because it is a very mysterious case that happened around that time a few years back and i think you'll find it very interesting and very curious and still although it's a few weeks later i really hope you guys enjoy it and actually in a bit i will explain why this case has i wouldn't say it has like ties to me because it definitely doesn't but it kind of has a little bit to do with you know my personality i don't know how to explain it i will do that in a bit but i just want to let you guys know that i'm very very thankful that you're here and if you're interested in knowing about the mysterious case of john benet ramsey please keep listening remember when i told you that this case has like ties to me well it really doesn't i just wanted to sound dramatic but um this case was actually the reason why i started developing this like newfound love for crime investigation and and just crime stories in general let me tell you a little about a little bit about it i remember when i was a i have no idea i was about i was around 10 11 it was an age gap between 10 and 12 i'm pretty sure i was at a friend's house and i remember we saw this video pop up on our like recommended page on youtube and it was a f- like around 15 minute video about this case the john benet ramsey case and i remember we were home alone that day and we were watching it in her parents like tv on her on their room it was a big tv and so we were home alone and we decided you know what let's watch it that sounds very interesting when i tell you i was terrified to death the whole 15 minutes i left her house and i got home my mom picked me up dude i could not sleep by myself that day because it was so freaking creepy but at the same time i found it so profoundly interesting and like i was so curious and after that that was the first ever crime that i actually investigated and after that it it just became a habit and now it's my hobby (laughs) to do so um that's basically the reason why i got into crime and well not got into crime (laughs) what i what the reason why i got into 
you know, liking and developing this, like, passion for crime investigation and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was a fitting story to tell. Um, And due to the fact that this specific case, another reason why I found it interesting is because there are so many sides to one story. And this case is one of them. So, because of that, I decided that I wanted to separate this story into two parts so this first part is going to be up first and i'm pretty sure i'm going to do so part one in english part one in spanish and then post both part twos in spanish and in english later um hopefully not a month after but i'll try my best so yeah if you're interested in knowing the story now you can actually keep listening now i'm gonna actually start before we actually get into the case specific and the evidence and everything that happened, we got to talk about the person involved. So, John Bonet Ramsey, her full name was John, John Bonet Patricia Ramsey. She was an American child beauty queen who was born August 6, 1990, in Atlanta, Georgia. She had an older brother whose name was Burke. He was born in 1987. And she was the younger of two children of Patricia, who was called Patsy, Patsy Ramsey, and John Benet Ramsey, who was the dad. Getting into a little bit more into the parents' lifestyle and what they did. So John Ramsey, who was a father, was a businessman. He was actually a president of a company called Access Graphics, which is a computer software company that was very important in Boulder, Colorado. Then Patsy Ramsey, who was the mother, she entered John Bonet in various beauty pageants back in Boulder. And she actually won a bunch of titles. She won America's Real Miss, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State, All All Kids Cover Girl. She was she was loved by the audience and she won a lot of beauty pageants. So at the age of six she already had like five or six titles that she had won years prior. Now getting into the actual crime I would like to make some sort of a timeline so we can keep the events organized and everything that happened because there's a lot of evidence and a lot of details that relate to this case. So in order for us to understand it better, this is what I'm going to do. So December 25th comes around. This was December 25th, 1986. And it said that the Ramses attended a Christmas party at a friend's house. So... After the Christmas party that was hosted at, I believe it was Fleet White, the friend whose house was, you know, having a party. Um, the Ramses got to go home later that night and it was very late. It was dark outside and they only had one car so they just went straight home. And right away as they got home, it said that the kids went to bed. Some theories say that she actually after being snug like snuggled into bed she snuck down back stairs and she actually fought with him over a late night late night snack that they had and it said that they were having pineapple and milk which is crazy because i can't picture 
somebody eating it's like 3 a.m and and somebody's eating pineapple and milk like as a craving and then december 26 comes around and that's when they call at 5 30 a.m patsy gets up to make coffee and she sees a two and a half long pam ransom note and then she runs back stair down the stairs and she calls 911 and that's when she sees that her daughter is missing she can't find her daughter john bonnet she's not in her bed she's not in her brother's room nobody knows where she is and she's telling the cops that her daughter has been kidnapped and so according to the denver post it says that the ransom note says and i quote you will withdraw a hundred and eighteen thousand dollars from your account and then a hundred thousand dollars of those will be in a hundred dollar bills and the remaining eighteen hundred in twenty dollar bills that's what the apparently the ransom note demanded and that is what she was telling um 911 and it said that it was a very odd amount because that exact amount of spaced out like dollar bills was the exact amount that john the the dad had received as a christmas bonus from his work an, an important note is that the ransom demand and i guess the ransom note also said not to call the police but that is the first thing obviously that patsy did so i'm not sure how like what proceeds in that case because how can they tell if you well they can definitely tell if you call the police but like how could they tell in the moment i don't know that's i don't know like what do you, what would you do if your child goes missing and they tell you not to call the police you obviously want to call the police because you want to find them but then that might put them in danger as well so I guess she was a little conflicted, but she ended up calling 911. Before 6 a.m., um, a police officer called Rick French arrived at the home and he started the search. He searched everywhere where she could have gone or where she could have gone to hide or maybe it was like the parents' bedroom. They checked her bedroom. And there was no sign of forced entry, by the way. The basement... But the police officer actually tried to open the door to the basement, but he, he never actually did. And that is a little bit sus to me, because if you're searching for a missing child, basement and attic is like the first place you search if the house has if the house like has an attic or a basement. And to me, it's incredibly sus that the police officer was like standing there and he didn't go like open the door to the basement where maybe she could have been and she was her body was actually later found in the basement so in the early afternoon of the 20 december 26 the first detective that was on the scene who was linda arndt she pulls aside john white who had come to console his friends white is the friend that they were at their house before the night before spending you know the christmas party he had to co like come over to console his friends you know because the missing child so the detective actually tells them to do like 
top to the bottom, search of the home, go through every single place where she could have gone or gone to hide or just been at at the time being. It was during that search that John actually opened, so the dad actually opened the door to the basement and that is where the Christmas presents were hidden, by the way, ironically. And then that's where he saw John Bonet's body. It looked like she had been strangled and that her mouth and neck were covered with duct tape. He actually picked up the body and, and then he obviously ran screaming upstairs. When the dad brought her upstairs and then he left the basement door open, there was a lot of evidence that was tainted and the crime scene was manipulated very badly. So when the forensics team actually came to search the house and to tag the evidence and everything, it was already, I guess you could say, damaged. There wasn't much evidence left. At 10.45 p.m., the Boulder County's coroner's team removed the young girl's body from the house and they took her, obviously, to do the autopsy and everything. Now, this is around December 28th of the same year, obviously. This is where the family starts cooperating with the authorities. So the family actually went to the Boulder police station and they gave out, um, they were willingly giving out hair, blood, and handwriting samples. The reason this is taken from the family, not only because it helps rule them out as suspects or not, um, but also because it, it helps the police, you know, establish that into a database and for further investigation it helps you know uncover some evidence and due to the fact that there was a ransom note written literally at the house in the kitchen's like writing pad that is very suspicious even because of the fact that there wasn't any forced entry in the house so if i am a detective and i see that first sight that tells me it was an in i wouldn't call it an inside job but it was evidence points out that it might have been somebody in the house that wrote the note but apparently they weren't looking at them as suspects yet but also the police later stated that john actually had grown children the father had grown children their names were john andrew and melinda and they were a town by the time that the murder occurred so they were not suspects they didn't need to bring out those samples because they weren't considered suspects. Okay, so before actually continuing with the timeline of the events that occurred in this case, I want to talk about what was discovered in the autopsy. So during the autopsy of Chambani Ramsey, the coroners discovered that her cause of death was actually um, asphyxiation due to strangulation. They also added that she had a skull fracture, which added on to her bleeding out to death. Her mouth was covered, as I said before, was covered in duct tape and her wrists and her neck were wrapped in some sort of like white cord. She was covered with a white blanket. And obviously the first thing that people wonder is, was there like any evidence of rape? Or sexual assault but 
that was a little bit inconclusive because there was no DNA found on her body making it seem as of like somebody raped her but there is there was some evidence of sexual assault in John Bonnet's stomach so something very interesting is that her parents actually said that they didn't remember giving her any pineapple the night before she died but there was a, a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen which actually had hers and her nine-year-old brother Burks's fingerprints on it so it didn't mean a lot because it said that Burke was actually in his room all night asleep but then what evidence shows is that he was eating pineapple with his sister in the kitchen that night there's no physical way of confirming either of those theories um regardless of you know the fingerprints but yeah i thought i might add that before continuing so now we can actually continue with the timeline Following the timeline, it is said that on January 1st, 1996, John and Patsy gave a New Year's Day interview. So, John Bonnet's parents give a quote-unquote very difficult 45-minute long interview to CNN in Atlanta because they were staying over Atlanta with some family. Something that is very interesting and that is recurrent in this, I guess, sort of timeline because on January 2nd, the investigators actually followed the family to Georgia is that apparently the family was too unstable and too emotionally affected to talk to the police and to give them more details and to cooperate with the police at the given time but then they go on to national television to give an interview a 45 minute long interview where they're not seen neither crying or just like too emotionally affected not to talk you know like they're not that emotional so that is kind of suspicious and kind of odd that they just apparently couldn't talk to the police because they were emotional but then they go on tv for 45 minutes talking to cnn about their the death of their child Guys, bear with me just a second. We're getting through this as quickly as possible, but this next part actually is very intriguing to me. And I remember that when I was researching this case, I was like, I knew it. When I saw this part, I was like, I knew it. So on January 3rd, 1996, the detectives actually reveal that the ransom note, the two page, two and a half pages ransom note that was uncovered and that was uncovered at the scene that Patsy actually saw in her kitchen was written inside the house. So the detective, the detectives announced that the note was actually written on a paper pad from inside the house, meaning it was most likely written after the murder. Um, by that time, John and Patsy had already returned to Colorado and the Colorado police, the Boulder police, police actually went to michigan to search the thoroughly search a house a summer house that the ronsi family owns and that potentially had some evidence by january 6 you know everybody starts trying to go back to normal at least everybody surrounding the family so the stool the schools actually opened back up this was after 
Christmas and New Year's holidays. And that was a time where the the holiday breaks were over. So school actually started back up. And by January 8th of 1997, the news comes out that there may have been a practice, quote unquote, practice ransom note. So reportedly, there's evidence that the person who wrote the note had practiced writing that exact note on another piece of paper. So you can tell that this is evidence that points that it was premeditated. By February 27th, 1997, John Bunny's half-brother is questioned. So the alibi of John Andrew um, is re-examined. This doesn't this happens a lot in a few cases, but when it happens, it, it kind of means something, you know? So even though he was allegedly out of town when that happened, police apparently still needed to re-examine his alibi. And by March 7, 1997, a handwritten analysis eliminates John from having written, you know, the ransom note. But guess what? It does not eliminate Patsy. So based on experts' analysis, the detectives actually confirmed that John didn't write the, the ransom note. So it wasn't John who wrote um, this note that was found in the kitchen pad. But there's a slight chance that Patsy might have. This is starting to get very crazy and very suspicious. Like, come on. Come on. Okay, so that's what we have so far. That is what we have so far. Um, This is going to be it for the part one. This is going to be it for me giving you details. Now we're going to discuss what we know and just take it all in properly. First things first, isn't this like such a crazy case? Like, come on, things just get more and more interesting as it goes. I don't want y'all to think that this is like a turn on for me i'm just so interested in knowing like what exactly happened so the first thing that i want to point out is that i feel like this was so i don't know like this case could have gone like that the investigation could have been better in so many ways first of all what is it with the police not in, like thoroughly searching the house? They literally searched her room and like the kitchen or whatever, but they didn't go to the basement. They didn't search the basement and the basement was where they found the body. Second, why did they not tag the evidence? Why did they not secure the crime scene? Because it literally damaged and destroyed all the evidence the minute that um, John Benet's dad found her and reached for the body and literally took it upstairs it destroyed all the evidence and obviously disturbed the crime scene it was like i was like no way no way the police did that like a cr oh my god <laughs> i can't even speak like a crime of this caliber was not handled properly and that is m probably the reason why I don't want to spoil anything, but probably the reason why to this day there's still so many mysteries regarding this case. I just feel like it wasn't handled properly and so many things could have gone better. Even the investigation at that time, I know it was like 1990 something. So like it's not the technology, the technology we have in the, you know, in 2021, 
but regardless i feel like that's just common sense you have to secure the scene and the scene was not secured (laughs) and that is potentially the worst thing that could happen at a crime scene the evidence being disturbed because come on the evidence is what leads you to suspects suspects is what lead you to the actual like unfolding the actual case and getting to know who was the person behind such atrocious you know so uh, actions so yeah also by this time the family's starting to look really really suspicious because fun fact do you guys remember that um i said that in the ransom note it was very like specific the way that the money was laid out for the family to get it to the like for the ransom demand and that it matched almost perfectly if not perfectly to the christmas bonus that john received from his work apparently the only people that would know the amount the exact amount that they that he had received were john and his wife patsy so patsy at this point is starting to look very 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 suspicious because number one she's not ruled out there's a chance of her having written the ransom note and number two she's one of the only people who knew the exact um how much from like how much money to ask for because she knew that that amount of money they had and if it said that she might have written the ransom note is like come on you gotta help yourself here because evidence is making you making you look very guilty something else that by this time i I actually thought about and the 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 way that the i don't know the progress of i don't know how to call it but the way that this case unfolds kind of confirmed that for me was that at first i thought that dad was like a big suspect like a big like red flag because it is said that he was only like the last one to see her alive the night before because he tugged her into bed um he tugged Jomine Ramsey to bed that night after they had gone home from the party so he was the last one to see her alive and he was the first one to uncover the body to recover the I don't know to like find the body and he knew exactly where it was. I mean, he didn't know exactly where it was. It said that, you know, he stumbled across it. But like, hmm, if the police didn't know to look there, how come you did? I don't know. It's just very sus. And, you know, we still don't have the whole story yet. You're going to have to wait for part two. And I am hopefully going to post it soon. By the time this one's up, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like a day or two for me to post it. Hopefully. I don't make any promises. But yeah this is what we know so far i want to know you your guys's opinion so far what do you think what are your theories i want to hear your theories because if by the next episode which is going to be the part two someone's theory is like kind of spot on or you know they they kind of get a little bit close to what actually happened I don't know what y'all are going to get. You're going to get a big hug from me and a shout out on next week's episode, probably. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for part two where I'm going to be finishing off and telling you guys what was the verdict, you know, what happened, if court happened, if there were more evidence, if the detectives have an actual suspect. So we're going to have to see that in part two. 
So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed this, let me know in the comments of the last Instagram post. Go follow me on Instagram. Um, it's the Fallen Files podcast on Instagram. I'm probably gonna start doing TikTok videos soon. I don't know. I don't want to make them like cringy, but I just don't know how to make them. So just hold off on that for a minute. But yeah, thank you so much for getting this far. And please let me know if there's anything I can do better. You know, I'm starting here. I'm new to this. So if you guys have any recommendations, if you guys have any tips, or if there's something you want to see, something you don't like, something you actually like, and you want me to keep doing, please feel free to let me know. You can DM me or you can just let me know in the comments of the Instagram post. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. And hope you have a great holiday season. Bye-bye.